Yes, it's a Science Patrol, your Ultraman podcast. And now the hosts of Science Patrol, Rich Conroy and Pat Rooney. Hello and welcome once again to the Science Patrol, your Ultraman podcast. My name is Rich Conroy. With me, as always, is lovely and talented Mr. Patrick Rooney. Hey, everybody. How are you? I was going to say, where'd you go? What happened? (laughs) There's a slight glitch in our conversation. I don't know what's okay. going on. It just could be the fact that both boys are on class at the same time. We're here, and she's probably on her phone, so it's probably straining my internet. I might have to update a bit. Tisk, tisk. Yes. All right, that's what happens. You know, maybe it might be time for the new Rudy router. It might be. It might be. Yeah. If only I knew somebody that worked at one of those uh, internet companies. I know. Those telecom <laughs> companies, what, provide the internet? Yeah, That'd sure. That would be. Yeah. <laughs> So we're here today to talk about two new episodes, well, new to us episodes, of the Ultra Q series, the Underground Super Express Goes West, and Belunga. Yes. So right now, the Underground Super Express Goes West from March 5th, 1966, directed by Toshihiro Ijima, screenplay by uh, Hiroyasu Yamura and uh, Kitao Suzuka, and our special skill director is Tohuru Matoba. Okay. Uh, um, um, and um, well, <laughs> but yeah, we that's open about up on one of can the best well. mini- Yeah, we open up on one of the absolute best miniatures we have seen so far. Oh yeah, that, that whole was, cityscape that was super just, effective. Jim Dandy, that was yes. great. Yes, I I keep saying you look at these miniatures and then you go back mm-hmm. to something like. Ultraman, great, and go, guys. Didn't you see what they did? I understand you're a couple yeah. hours by plane, but you watch the same shows, kind of. But whatever. Yeah, but look at look at how much more like experience. Not that the guys that there weren't people from Superia doing stuff and on Ultraman, great. And when you you got that article I sent you, right? About I did. I didn't read it because I'm an idiot. I should reread it. Send it again. <laughs> I'll read it. It's this great. Time. Send it, oh, again. send it again, he says. Okay. I Find know, it I again know. is what Rick does. <laughs> um, that's the important thing. I understand. Um, so basically, they're announcing that there's a new bullet train uh, leaving from New Tokyo Station for North Kyushu. Um, and Yukio, or Yuriko, rather, and Ipe are going to be passengers on the inaugural voyage. voyage. Right. Voyage. The voyage. It's a um, voyage. <laughs> oh, the name of the train is the uh, Inazuma. Putting the Which, Zoom in Imazuma. Oh, is that what it was, you figure? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. It's I'll good. go with it. <laughs> yeah. It with me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so, you know, everybody's excited to get on this train. There's the Shoeshine Kid. Um, and the Shoeshine Kid... If I'm not mistaken, um, I have not found any corroboration on that just yet, but I think that's Hoshino. From? Sorry. From Ultraman. The, uh, oh, Fuji's, oh. In, the, in, the, in the U.S. dub, Fuji's little brother. Okay, that makes sense, because like you said, they have used a lot of the people that they put into the original Ultraman series in yeah. this series, so it would make sense. Yeah. yeah. They're like, hey, we're going to use this kid as a regular. Then yeah. he had a skiing accident. We never saw him again. Well, that happens. I mean, he literally had a skiing accident. It wasn't like uh, he had a skiing accident. You know, <laughs> all right. that's not good. We, 
we took him out. No, 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 no. We don't want that. We don't want that. Yeah, no, no. But so everybody's real excited for um, their first pass and their first uh, trip on this bullet train. And we see, um, I guess he's the director of the whole operation with his white gloves and his oh, yeah. big militaristic outfit. He, he was um, basically our tour guide to walk us through everything as it was going so they didn't have to have yeah. a narrator, which... It's an effective way of doing it. That's fine. Yeah, the in-story narrator. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and he's like, look over here. Now check this out. Okay, what about this? This is nice as well. Um, exactly. You know, and uh, this is how they – what I really enjoyed was that they had um, the um, – you know, the, the timeline. little graphic showing of how they go from one city to another. Yeah. Yeah, but that – that really sparkly effect that you usually see reserved for the uh, the the giant waterfall picture at Chinese restaurants. Yes, you know yes. what I'm saying. It's like lit up, and it, but it's like sparkly. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And, and I tell you what, once those decided to become uh, the decoration rigor, de rigor at uh, Chinese buffets, that oh, it exploded everywhere. Like, finally, finally, <laughs> not just. <laughs> Not just, not just tiny pictures of Jesus on a clock, you know. Like, oh, good God! I can do my and landscapes when, with pandas. Finally, what I did like is you go into this room, and if they could have more dials and things going on, I don't know how it would be possible. And you know, right. they built all that nonsense just for this scene and probably yeah. never used it again. So they've got them all just laying around somewhere. Yeah. Well, or, or if they, if they did need it again, they just, you know, they took the panel and they turned it this way, turned it right. long, long ways. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then there was in the next scene, it's a bunch of scientists like on lab coats on ladders, you know, like doing with oh, clipboards going, Oh, and then, and like, <laughs> and no, do this notation, you know, Superea, we don't throw anything out. That should be oh, <laughs> no, no, their I'm motto. With them. I'm with them. Yeah, yeah. We keep it just in case. Superea special effects department, just in case we've got. Them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just, you know, uh, it, you're talking about a company that reused the Baragon suit like 50 times. Exactly. You know, like exactly. Just put it a isn't head falling on apart. All right, yet, spray painting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have we have whatever we use for fill in case there's a uh, in case there's a chunk missing out of it. We'll just fill that in a little bit. And it'd be fine. Nobody will notice. <laughs> yeah, monsters back. Exactly. Um, yeah. So um, the, the who's excited for the shoe shine kid? Who's great though? Like he's he's super sassy. He's uh, he's got a little shoe shine thing, and he's like, uh, "That's fifty yen." And the guy's like, "I thought it was forty And he goes, "Yeah, it depends on how I'm feeling." Here. Me. He flips the sign down. It's his fifty yen. <laughs> then and that, there's his comically overdressed valet who's behind him, right? Pulling the with like a bowler off. hat. Yeah, he's got a lint brush, bowler hat. Um, he's got like a very like nice uh, like houndstooth suit on. Of course, and um, of course, and he's got like a spritz bottle for uh, cologne. And then he puts his hand out. And the guy's like, "Wait, you're separate?" Of course. <laughs> but, but the thing I, I did like, like is, is that the guy actually did pay them. Well, like, yeah, I wasn't like really put out about it. He was like, "No, you rascals!" You know, like exactly. here you go. Exactly. 
Then we see Ipe at a coffee shop where a chef is like, I really got to get on this train. I'm not exactly sure why everybody's so excited other than train travel's big and we want to be on the, I mean, again, it's the 60s. And now you have. There's no Nintendo Switch to be excited about. Well, no, I don't know if he wanted to be on it. I think he just wanted to be on it. No, I like, think he wanted to actually work on it is what it sounded like because he wanted oh, okay. the chef for the train is what it seemed to me. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not going to pretend yeah, that. Yeah, I, but it seemed to me that he wanted to be the chef for the train. That could be. He might be right. But he he uh, he, he drank uh, drank some of Ipe's coffee and he was like, you need to give me a 10 yen discount. And he was like, what are you kidding? I only drank 5 yen of your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> And the way they're playing with money in this episode yeah. is just ridiculous. I get it. I know we're going to play with money because why not? It's capitalism. But right. if somebody takes a sip out of my coffee, you're giving me a new coffee. I'm yeah. not touching that coffee again. I'm, you're not giving me a discount. You're giving me a brand new coffee. I agree with that. My guess is that Ipe knows this guy. Like, he's friends with him. And that's why, my friend, you could drink from my coffee. I'm getting a new coffee, and I know you. <laughs> well, that would be why you're getting a new coffee. You're like, I know where you've been, self monger. Yeah, I know where you've been. I, could, you know, I know what's been you up want with a you. Sip of a beer that you've never tried. That <coughs> my coffee, yeah. nobody touches. <laughs> this is true. Pat's very protective of his coffee. Um, I also like that Eureka's getting a shoe shine, and he's like. Uh, this is a hot chick or whatever. And she's like, don't call me a chick. People are going to think I'm an easy woman. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, sorry, ma'am. And she's like, well, that's way too far in the other direction. <laughs> and you sit there going, hey, what type of shoes is she wearing that she has to get a shoe shine? Leather. And she seems to be very uh, fashion very forward. Very well put together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But she's fashion mm-hmm. forward. So she's probably wearing some nice leather penny loafers or something. Okay. With a okay. with a little bit of a heel, maybe some leather pumps. Okay. All right, Something fine. sensible for the for the modern Japanese girl on her feet all day. Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but I love that everybody wants on this train. So um the uh then we switch over to our hero, uh the last guy left whose name escapes me, and uh he's flying um he's gonna be doing a mission for a scientist guy. Um who is has invented an artificial life form? I'm sure right. it's actually here. Um, it's not really. I don't think here. he's that important to the actual story. He is, but he is, who the the pilot? No, not well. The pilot is just kind of there to steer the train. No, not that pilot. I mean the plane pilot. Oh our no, third, he's absolutely our third. not important to the story. Well, aside from the fact that he is carrying the case. That Ipe accidentally switches the world's shiniest suitcase that oh, right, 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 Ipe right, thinks right. has the camera in it, but actually contains the artificial life form M1. Right. Um, which, by the way, didn't think M1 was going to show up in this episode at all. That, when they that was showed, like, oh, this is the M1 episode. Okay, sure. Yeah, I said the same thing. When they showed the artificial life form in the case at first, it's just this shiny... Yeah piece of metal. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Were you expecting they... a tiny M1 in a test tube? I didn't know what I was expecting, honestly. Because <laughs> that's what I was expecting, like <laughs> little M1 in a peanut butter jar, like hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know exactly what I was expecting, but when I saw that, I'm like, okay, 
it's an artificial piece of metal. They'll figure something out. They'll do something that, right. you know, science, and it'll work. And then I saw yeah. the actual M1, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is the first appearance of M1. I've seen M1 right. a number of times already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're all getting on the we're all getting on the um, on the train, and um, we have uh, Ipe is getting on. He's a little. He's home. Oh, sorry, I'm late. By the way, this is the camera, and the <laughs> and I'm gonna say stewardess. Sure. But she's she's completely like, yeah, I don't care. It's fine. Bring your Go camera. Ahead, what is train. it? Again, doesn't matter to me. Pre nine eleven, you bring anything you want onto a train, onto a plane. Nobody sure. cares, especially the big shiny suitcase. Very <laughs> exactly. But uh, the pilot guy is, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I'm glad I was able to help you transport uh, this artificial life form, Doctor So and So. And then they right. open it up, and it's all uh, e-based camera stuff. Yeah. And then the life form, which is uh, a jelly-like state, becomes active when carelessly exposed to a photographer. And even right. Ipe says to Eureka, do you want to take a picture of that? She goes, no, I don't want to um, screw up somebody's experiment. Right. right. Smart lady is she fair. is. Yeah. Yes, she is. Yeah. But more than that, she's like, look, I've this is episode nine of the show. I'm, I'm Episode 10. I've, I've seen enough I've seen, go wrong. I've seen enough terrible stuff happen that I'm not going <laughs> to worry about. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm no, good. I gotta, don't need to know what happens next because I've seen enough of it. <laughs> yeah, you got a chrome suitcase full of uh, mysterious jelly in a test tube? No, sir. No, thank you. Exactly. I'll be over here. I'll be over here not taking pictures of it. And I'm a photographer. Thank you very much. <laughs> mm. I'm good. Nine Thanka. <laughs> but what I loved is the two kids dress up to get on. Not the two uh, kids. The chef and the shoeshine kid dress up as an adult. So the <laughs> one's on the other kid's shoulders. <laughs> like a big, long oh, coat. Absolutely. And we've all seen this trope a hundred right. times before. And every but time. This is the only time it so. works. <laughs> but this is the only time it works. Like everybody's like, "Okay, sir, come on on the train." <laughs> no, like, see that—that's the general trope is that it always works <coughs> until it doesn't. Right. That's, that's always the trope. <laughs> but nobody's looking at him even like real weird until you get to the um, the uh, chubby security guard. Right. Right. Who's like, or the steward, and they're just like, "Oh, oh, they're trying to pass each other in the hallway," and then they knock over. They're like. Children in an overcoat, dog. <laughs> exactly, and that's exactly the trope. Is nobody but, notices it until something goes wrong, and then everybody says, "Oh, that's wrong." Okay, but don't you want to know why is that a problem? Why is children in an overcoat the problem? <laughs> like, honestly, I I just go. They're with, not going into is... a dirty movie. <laughs> no, but it, it, it. The thing is, even then. Even though this is a train, we can't have children on it. Damn it, man! Exactly, you, know? you have to have a parent's permission to go two towns away on I a guess. brand new bullet train. You have to, they I have guess. to know that your parent knows you know where you're going. You know, I don't know. This is '60s Japan. All we see are bands of kids running around in uh, your neighborhood, sure, but you're not. Even your parents, when you were growing up, they were going to let you go two towns a trip away by train, by yourself, by bus. I mean, I, I was older. No, I, well, when I was like, I'm going to say twelve, I was able to go to the mall. 
not Livingston Mall because that was the big mall, but I was allowed to go to Essex Green, which is the closed mall, like, and, that was like two miles from my house. Okay. Um, on that on you bus. could have walked if you really wanted to. You're yeah, not I suppose going, they could. <laughs> you weren't going, like I said, to. No, I wasn't going to Clifton or anything exactly. like. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. You could. You could not have gotten on a bus. Yeah. Like I wouldn't put Dan on a bus to go to, to Ontario. Old Bridge. Yeah. To Old Bridge. <laughs> well, this is, is even a- further away because this thing goes at what. 475 <laughs> miles an hour. So Exactly. So Woodbridge, Freehold, something like that. You know, local towns. Dude, take 12 seconds to get to Woodbridge or Freehold. I'm thinking, okay, so 475 miles, or what was it, kilometers? It's kilometers. Kilometers, so right? 200 miles. So Okay, so 200 miles an hour, and they said it was Atlantic a 20-minute 20 20 trip, right? So that means it was uh, 200, 180 miles, so anywhere within 80 miles. Atlantic City, sure. Atlantic okay. City. Yeah. Roughly. No, now, I'm that's not letting Dan in. do that. <laughs> no. And no. Dan's, you know, relatively responsible, knows what to do. I'm still not letting him go to Atlantic City by himself. Well, I don't want him to go to Atlantic City. Atlantic City is terrible to go to as an adult. <laughs> like, I don't, I wouldn't uh... send, a, send a child down there and he's like, Dad, I don't even know how to gamble. Wait, wait what? <laughs> wait a minute. This we've got to get through. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to go somewhere that doesn't have slot machines. And he's like, all those parts are very dangerous. All right, good point. Uh, exactly. Oh, good just sit in the lobby. I'll be down there. And, well, I can't get the train that's down there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, the the uh, M1 rapidly evolves into a gorilla-like being with a flat top, which is pretty awesome. Hold on. Let me back up just a second. Man. What did you think of the miniature train with the rockets that they oh, used? Let's that talk about that. Cool. Fantastic. And how how fast it looked like it was going. Oh, it looked like it was actually going what a bullet train should go. Right. Which is fine. Now, we all know that's not how bullet trains work. That's fine. It's all magnetic. No, they shoot them out of a big cannon, hence bullet train. (laughs) (laughs) They load them up into a big tube at the end of the track. And then you're at Kitayama Station in 20 minutes or whatever. Sure, 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 sure. Sure. (laughs) It's just science. Science, I forgot. (laughs) It's all well done. Nobody, it's like people you tell me people don't know this stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> but the, the this miniature looks was great, excellent, and the fact yeah. that they had that little thing of fire coming out the side made it look even more realistic, even though you yeah. know it's not. And I'm like, yeah. this is cool. I like this. Yeah. Book. We're gonna put rocket thrusters on a train. Welcome to 1960s Japanese science fiction. <laughs> exactly, but it was effective. Yeah, what I do love is everything else is very 1960s, from the fashion to the cars to the the oh yeah most of the environment, and then you get to that train station, and it's like, welcome to the future, <laughs> you know. <Exactly>. Like, <laughs> the like, miniatures are all super futuristic. Yeah, that is in a really 60s fancy, background. but only in yeah, but only that building or that little oh, complex. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so M1 becomes M1. He frightens the crew and uh he goes into the engine room and just starts playing around with stuff. Um, right. 
And of right. course, that damages the train's electronic brain, as you do. Um, as you do. Yeah. And uh, it is now speeding out of control into the next station. And they're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Like, uh, you know, we have to do something about it. And the uh, they talked to the doctor who invented the um, M1, and they're like, well, I can always invent another M2 or an M3. But... Um, yeah, what are you going to do now? As well, the problem is, no, no, he's like, he's like, his thing was, look, um, they're going to do this big giant inflatable thing at uh, the next, the next stop. train station. Right. And that should be fine. Um, and they're like, yeah, but there's a child on board. And they're like, what? And he goes, well, I can always invent another M1 or M2, but I can't do anything with, I can't be responsible for the death of the child. Finally, a reasonable scientist <laughs> appears. <laughs> I can't be held responsible for something <coughs> last month, and I can't do anything until next month, but we're here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes, all right, so what we need to do is separate the engine from the rest of the train. The rest of the and train. And they're like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, it's got to be done, right? Yeah, that's, so, the, that's the safest way, is what they were saying, to keep the most people safe. Right. The engine of the train may crash, the M1 may die, yeah. but it'll keep the most people safe. Right. So they, uh, the, the kid, uh, Itachi, the kid, and um, M1 is now starting to get a little panicky and he's breaking stuff. And uh, they're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? So um, they separate the, the car and. Um, the uh, the uh, the Inazuma's maiden voyage ends in a fiery disaster. That um, it it crashed. That was something into, else. That was an excellent special effect. Yeah, they built a whole small little station <laughs> and, and a little balloon. Loaded up good. <laughs> loaded up real, real good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they realize at the end they're like, "Oh, the safe. Why didn't I think of it?" And it and turns out that Itachi and M1 were hidden in the safe, but were launched into orbit. Yeah, not great. Also, go ahead. Go ahead, you can say it. I am the seagull? What? Remember the M1 starts saying, I am the seagull? I didn't remember that part. That's the last, it's like the last line. He's like, I am the seagull. I am the seagull. And I'm like, <sighs> and then it ends. And I'm like, even our guy in the suit would be like, all right. He just throw his hands up and go, well, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically it. My, my thing was, okay. M1 being an artificial life form, maybe it can survive in space. Okay, right. fine. That's where we that see him next not. time. He's been floating in space. Okay, that I'll, I'll buy that. I'm good right. at that. Kid's dead. I'm sorry, but that kid's dead. Well, yeah, now he's in the vacuum of space in a train uh, safe. He's in a, in a train, train safe. safe. So it's either he's going to die so, of suffocation yeah, instantly. Or, or radiation poisoning. Yeah. Radiation poisoning slowly or just oxygen deprivation slowly. But that kid's dead. Sorry. Yeah. As it would be nice if they... It would be nice if they. Uh, now this is a whole different thing. They're like, we could we shot a rocket up and rescued them, of course, but that would, of course, not leave M one floating in space, because that 
is important for a series much later where they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, it's floating in space. He's flo- <laughs> he, I was found floating in space, and I was like, blah, blah, blah. But I'm super, now then he becomes super intelligent. Right. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, voice actor for M1. Let's do our M1 Monster Minute. Go ahead. Um, he's 180 kilograms, two meters tall. Um, uh, Homeworld is Earth. First appearance is Ultra Q, episode 10. Latest appearance, Ultraman Z, episode 20. Yep. Um, but we saw him in somewhere in between. Yeah, we saw him... Multiple An Ultraman times. X. He was an Ultraman okay. X. Yeah. Yeah. We no, not really that times. many. Well, yeah. Enough that I remember him. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's also <laughs> a very um, interesting uh, design. Like, he's a very interesting design and memorable sort of design. Like, um, and oh, he was an Ultraman X. And then, according to Subray's official blog, that M1 is the, indeed the same figure from Ultra Q. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's nice. Sounds nice good. little link. Sounds there. good. Um, M1's final words. You're hungry, eh? Um, no, it's the, my breakfast is repeating on me. Sorry. Ah. Yeah, sorry. Um, and uh, M1's final words, I am Seagull, is a reference to the words spoken by cosmonaut Valentina Tereshkova. As she viewed Earth from space during the Vostok 6 space flight. Oh, okay. That's fantastic. I did not know that. Me either. And I'm like, what? So at least it's a fit. Because I typed in I am Seagull um, into just Google yesterday. And okay. you would think that'd be the first thing that would show up. It's like, oh, famous Russian cosmonaut, blah, 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 blah. No, no. I'm sure I am the walrus came up first. No, I just... I, there were memes and stuff, but none of the memes made it any clearer. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so uh, let's see here. Um, in, in original concept sketches, he was appeared to, it was uh, to appear alongside a more insect like M2. Um, okay. A model of M2 has surfaced as of late. It was, you know, found in storage somewhere. Of course. Uh, it is said that M1's face greatly resembles Japanese comedian Masatoshi Hamada, and the M in his name also stands for Masatoshi. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. I, I mean, if you were in Japan, you would know who that comedian was. You'd say, oh, that looks like, I wonder if. We right. go, ah, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. You just go, okay, if you, if you, say, you so. say so. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in an unrealized script, M1 teamed up with a cicada human to fight Gorgos. Sure, sure. There you go. And uh, I think that's uh, that's good for right now because... That's about that episode, sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, it was, it's definitely, look, the... I'm not saying these episodes are not super... They're interesting and entertaining. Do they make a lot of sense? No. Not particularly. The miniature work is where you go on this episode. It's outstanding on this episode. Now, like you said, does the storyline make sense? No. Is there enough slapstick in it to keep us interested? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Oh, sure. (laughs) Sure, 100%. 100%. So, um, yeah, so we're going to come right back with uh, the next one, Balunga, and we're going to be doing that right after this. (laughs) 
Okay, and we are back with more Science Patrol, and we're going to talk about episode 11 of Ultra Q today, um, and the uh, episode title, if you'll bear with me a moment, Patrick. Go ahead. Um, it goes something like this. I saw it coming. That's fine. That's fine. Doesn't matter if you see it coming as long as it lands properly. It's what I always tell people. 1966. Samanji Nonagase is our director. Kunio Torami is our screenplay special skill director. Keiji Kawakami. Um, and this is a very, this is weird, guys. Um, a mysterious life form adheres to a rocket ship, Saturn 1, on its return trip. Now, let's talk about our, let's talk about our guy relaxing the, in the, the very smartly designed looking capsule. Um, of course. Yeah, I think that's a great miniature. Um, it was good. Yeah. I liked it. It's very spacey looking. Um, and I really liked how, uh, that also they show very good motion on. Yes. yes. With camera work. Um, now, I don't know if you could see it on the DVD, but boy, is it super obvious that his, um, what do they call those, gravity couches? Uh-huh. You know, like the, that they're in this, is just nothing but wood. <laughs> I wasn't particularly looking, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I wasn't particularly looking either. But it's obviously wood. Okay. Like when you when you watch the original Star Trek on Blu-ray now, and you get just the right angle of the console, and you're like, "Yeah, that is painted wood that there." Oh yeah, like you, oh yeah. You can see the wood grain. <laughs> yeah. This guy's sitting in a big giant kitchen chair in space, and then the console, Absolutely. as you can see, which is lights and dials and a big TV in it, is also wood. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I always give it that, you know what? It was good enough for the time. Yeah, oh, it's, it's fine. what you had to do yeah. at the time. Because so no I, one ever I expected kind of... reruns, let alone did like 50 years of reruns. Like, yeah, 1080p. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 1080p discs where people would be like, oh, yeah, that's real. It looks like wood. You know, like, that's fine. Yeah. It didn't matter. It didn't. <laughs> To the credit of this show, even seeing stuff like that very seldom takes me out of it. I just no, it go never like, takes me out. I just go, oh, it's wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you do. Just go, oh, they used wood there. Okay, keep going with the storyline. And that it, you pause a half a second and then let your brain take the rest of it away. Like, yeah. okay, good enough. <laughs> so he's talking to this, um, he's talking to Mission Control, and he's like, okay, um, we're going to re- do our reentry. And he's like, yeah, a balloon, that's weird. Um, yeah. And uh, then suddenly he's out of fuel, and they're like, "What's going on, astronaut?" And he's like, "Yeah, uh, suddenly I'm out of gas. That's not cool." Um, and right. there's also a balloon, and uh, <laughs> in in maybe the best special effects shot of the whole series so far, um, the capsule through the opening credits um, re-enters Earth's atmosphere, right? Comes in on an angle, and a bunch of people run out to a balcony. On in on a building, right? And they watch it go foop into the ocean. Yes, but yes. wow, that that is some beautiful pre-digital composting. Yes, like, it was excellent. 
Wow. And they did it through the opening intro sequence. Yeah. yeah. So you don't even have to see a lot of it. It's just enough yeah. that your brain takes it yep. to, oh, wow, they're really watching this rocket, where you know they're not. But yeah. it, it, your brain goes, oh, okay, they're watching a rocket land. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, a lot of people would do that. You'd see, oh, you know what we forgot to mention in Go the ahead. last episode? How great. Train is going through the countryside, right? And there's like kids set up to be like a band. Oh, like and it just flies right past. Wait, what? <laughs> it's gone already. <laughs> we were just barely set up. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man. <laughs> exactly. Some of the silly aspects of the show I do like. I that was really just let it go. That was amazing. <laughs> Like, all right, let's play him in. <laughs> hey, exactly. I'm just standing there like, wait, what? <laughs> it's gone already? We just got set up. Oh, yeah, it was God. good stuff. <laughs> so sadly, our, our astronaut friend uh, meets a watery doom in the first 12 seconds of the show. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <sighs> so investigating in his Cessna, June discovers the seemingly harmless balloon-like life form with... Um, um, With your right. That's kind of that's kind of not a hundred percent right. Um, it was like, June. It was Yuri. Well, no, yeah, they were in the um, Yuriko and June are in the are in there, but then he loses. They see a few. they see a little balloon right. at the bottom, like, and it's obviously somebody from later in the episode holding the balloon, um, and he's like, "Oh, I'm out of gas." And she's like, "Are we going to crash too?" And he goes, "Well, you never know when you're next." Not saying like, but we'll be fine. Like, just don't leave that hanging in the air, June. Like, <laughs> don't don't be like, well, you never know when it's time your time to go. Is it our time to go, dude? What are you doing? <laughs> See, I'm good with a regular pilot in a regular plane. Yeah, can land relatively yeah. safely even without fuel. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was okay with that. No, that's. I'm not saying that that's a problem. I'm just saying you may want to like. Just reassure say okay. your passenger a little okay. bit. Like, Fair. Don't Fair. worry. I'll let you slide with that. We're not going to die in a fiery wreck, okay? It's yeah, all there you go. That I'm good with. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you have to, um, I'm not saying that you, you, like, you know, that you're not a competent pilot. The guy's got his own company. He wouldn't be, you know. Exactly. exactly. He wouldn't be flying diplomats around and, and all that other uh Nonsense. If he, did, if he couldn't fly a plane properly, exactly, probably. <laughs> so he gets back to he gets back to the office, and him and Yuri go in and and read Ipe the riot act. They're like, hey, how much yeah. fuel did you put in there? Is when he's like, what do you mean, how much gas did I put in? And I fill it, it up and every like, time. Are you sure? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. So he gets pretty indignant, throws his newspaper down, yeah, <clears throat> and off he goes. And then they comes back in with this little hunk of something, and it's floating. This tiny little balloon thing is floating. Right, right. Um, and uh, and that was a like, nice split screen that they used yeah. because it wasn't a real I think balloon. It was, I think it was rear projection. I think whatever it was, it was yeah. still effective enough. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're looking at it, and he was like, "I found this thing stuck in the radiator," and it was a little piece of. What we we come to know as Balunga, and um, so they're like, okay. Uh, and then Yuri says something like, 
maybe it's one of those animal balloons. And they're like, is that a real thing? And she's like, eh, nobody really knows. And they all, <laughs> June looks at her like, are you getting me back for the whole plane thing? Like, <laughs> you got to figure. You got to yeah. figure. She's like, well, you left me hanging, jackass. You know, like. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, oh, oh, is that right? Is that what we're doing now? Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, that's good. So they, they bring it to Tokyo to study it further. Um, well, they attempt to. They start to drive in their car, right. put this thing in a box. Right. And then this car... looks like a cardboard box. That's the best. Oh, no, like, absolutely. we brought a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> no holes, no nothing. A puppy, at least, should have a few air holes. This didn't have any air holes. Well, that's the thing. They don't know if it breathes. Yeah, it's just a balloon. So they just put the balloon in a box and start driving off. Right. <laughs> and uh, the best is Epain and uh, Yuriko are like, you hold it. No, you hold it. I can hear it scuttling around. I don't like this. No, no, you hold it. No, you hold it. And he's like, I will turn this car around. I swear. I, I so will they, drive right home. You two better yeah. be better. <laughs> so they stop at a stoplight, what I presume is a stoplight. Um and then the car stalls, and they're like, well, we can't go any further. I, I think we're out of gas. I'm like, yeah. really? That's crazy. And yeah, then, I know I just filled it up. How come? What's going on? Yeah. And then a little sort of ten tentacles comes out of the box a little bit. Ipe freaks out. She freaks out. And then they all get out of the car. And right. people are, like, honking the horn. What I loved was some guy, <laughs> he leans out of the window of his truck. He goes, hey, what are you doing up there? Come on. <laughs> and then he sits down. And he's like looking real pouty. And he's like, punk. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I, I saw I'll, that as New York. I guess I have right to honk away. at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's New York. I can't move. I'm going to honk because that's all I can do. Yeah. This guy, <laughs> or a major city. Yeah, but this guy doesn't seem to be real aggressive about it. He's like, I got nothing else I can do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> doesn't exactly. lean on it. He just gives it a toot. So then, of course, the cops show right up. Of course, because that's what happens. And here's my favorite part. They want this guy to move. They completely box him in. <laughs> I saw that. And the other thing, if you notice, because they're at an intersection, yeah, is it's just a little four-way red-green light. Just a yeah. little, like not a major intersection or anything, just a little light sitting there going, okay, we'll go through it if we have to. Yeah, he's coming uh, off Mott Street, basically. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, so, one thing I liked is that we get a nice kind of over-the-shoulder perspective shot uh, from maybe the second floor, and we'd see what Japanese sidewalks look like. And then oh, yeah. those small little concrete Bricks Squares. or papers, yeah. maybe. So I was like, hey, look at that. Continuity, everybody. <laughs> and they're all looking in the, uh, they're in the car and they see it. And did you notice the leopard skin seat covers that he had? I didn't notice the leopard skin seat covers because I noticed or that they the were cushions or something. Whatever they were. But I yeah. noticed that the balloon just took over the entire car by the time. Well, that was before that because somebody goes, oh, they have their curtains drawn in the car. Were car curtains a thing? Yes, car curtains are. If you are fancy enough, car Ooh. curtains are a thing. I am. You, my friend, are not fancy enough. No, I am low. <laughs> we've established that I am low to midfalutin at best. That seems like a highfalutin thing to have. That is it? a very highfalutin thing, but they exist. Trust me. Car I've curtains. Wow. Uh -huh. I, I mean, I could seen. picture it on a van, like a van <laughs> or a limousine. 
But the way she's like, oh, they have the curtains drawn. It's like, that's some guy's sedan. By the way, I hope his insurance is paid up because Belunga uh, basically fills the entirety of the car and it just rises up. Yes, which is Um, very cool. The miniature they used, again, for the car is very cool because they had to even build it to have the roof go off of it so the Belunga could expand even further. Right, right. Which is very cool. Yeah, so the beluga starts to break out of it, and uh, and they're like, hey, get away, get away, everybody. And what I really loved was when the car goes up, the, the cop is like, all right, everybody back up. And the only people he's pushing back are the three heroes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Everybody else do what you want. These three, I've got to keep away yeah. from it. And, okay. Yeah, and Yuriko, of course, <laughs> to her credit, does the job of, um, you know, just snapping pictures. Um, what I also noticed in this episode is she's got like the beehive hairdo, whereas she had a short hairdo in the last one, uh, yeah, showing I that these were shot that. way out of sequence. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Which is fine. I whatever. let that slide because I, I can't keep up with her hair continuity. Well, here's the <laughs> she might have yeah. just worn a wig. <laughs> also entirely possible. We also don't know whether this show is meant to take place in uh, 28 weeks, like, you know, like it's, like it is every week. There's something weird happens to these guys every week. Oh, I see what you're saying. Or does it take place over a period of a year or two or, you know, like, they don't make that clear. That's fair. So the car basically like just gets pulled apart in midair and starts falling onto the street. And Ipe pushes uh, Yuriko out of the way and gets hit with a fender. And uh, they're like, oh, Ipe, uh, Hang in there, Bob. And I'm like, hang in there. He got hit with a fender. Like, yeah. And he, they said he had, out, he's in the hospital and he has to have three operations. Yeah, minimum. He, he has already had one operation and he needs at least three more. And you're like, oh my God, what happened? I assume this was because back then cars were made of big hunks of metal. Yeah, pretty much. And if it falls from 20 feet, it's going to do major damage. Oh, God. But, and then you look at the state of the Japanese hospital in 1966. It's just a bed with a white blanket and a bunch of nurses patting you on the shoulder. Like, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, that I gave them. I didn't see an IV. No, no, no. I, I was good with that because I didn't really expect actual hospital accoutrement. I just expected bed. He's recovering. They're not going to really do much for him. I was right. okay with that part. You know, I yes. just think it's funny. And that I think like somewhere would have been nice, but oh, well, they have the iron, they have the iron bed painted white, obviously. Um, they have a bedside table with a lamp on it. And it's, you're in a ward with, with just bed, 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 yeah, of course. bed, 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 like a field hospital. But I just think it's funny that, only piece of medical equipment uh, is are the nurse's shoes. <laughs> Maybe the uniform, sure, but yeah. that seems to be the extent of the the extent of the uh, of the doctoring going on. There is like, all right, you here you go. Feel Here's bad. your nurse. That's about all you get. <laughs> exactly. She tap, pats him on the shoulder and she's like, "Okay, he's fine. I tucked him in." Sure. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Let's hear it for modern medicine, everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So Belunga then 
floats high above Tokyo as it continues to absorb the city's energy. Um, it's it's freaking people out. They're blocked out, or they're blackout, blacked out, rather. Um, right. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do? Um, and they're like, well, we obviously have to evacuate. And you're like, okay. But then a lot of the uh, people can't get operated on. Right. Because the, the hospital has no um, has no. It has no power whatsoever. What is going to happen? How do you evacuate people that need power of some sort if there's absolutely no power? Right. So they, they evacuate them in uh, ambulances. Have you ever seen a ambulance bus before, Pat? How cool was that? That was cool. Yeah. That was, like, was cool. It's a busulance or something. Like, <laughs> ambubus? Ambubus. I'll go with ambubus. Yeah. Ambivan. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was bigger than a van. It was a full-size bus. It was a bus. Like, it was a bus. They just painted yeah. a bus, but that that's fine. Ambibus. I don't know, because it was all windows. Like, I'm wondering. I'm they painted a bus. I don't think it they was. Just, I, think, I bet you there's a busulance. Uh, I'm just going to go with they painted a bus because that'd be the cheapest way to do it. Rather than rent out an ambubus for the day, which would be ridiculously expensive, painting a bus would be cheap. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Figure when it what if what if it was one that was disused? You know? Mm, nope. Nope. Ambulance bus is a type of ambulance with the capacity to transport and treat multiple patients for okay. mass casualties. Okay. Now so that's good question. Forty one foot medical ambulance bus. Okay. You can okay. look inside ooh, there's guys, there's YouTube videos. <laughs> they can <laughs> evacuate more than a dozen patients at once. Okay. Well, there you go. I am proven wrong. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, New York and New Jersey has a medical ambulance bus fleet. Oh, nice. We should have had Jim McHugh guest. He probably knows about these things. He probably does. He yeah. probably does. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So they just borrowed a busulence from somebody. I think busulence is a better name, but that's all right. That's um, fine. That's fine. What's great is conventional <laughs> weapons can't do anything because the cops shoot at it. Right. And, and it just, just falls to the ground and right. it starts flashing lights like. Mm, Those are yummy. You. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's feeding off the kinet- the kinetic energy of the bullet. Sure. Pretty sure. snappy. Since so it's they, feeding off all of energy, kinetic energy. <laughs> yeah, that's energy. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Okay. Sure. So they go, okay. Um, then, uh, Yuri finds out about, uh, Dr. Narama, oh, sorry, Narun, this is tough for me to pronounce, Narunaru, Narunaru, wow. Yeah, I didn't even write it down because I was like, that is the weirdest name I think I've ever seen, so, oh, well. So, um... Dr. Naranaru is, um, it's, no, once you get it right, it comes easier. So um, <laughs> he's kind of mysterious. He worked for the science center and then, uh, or the museum. And then uh, that's like the last record they have of him. She and June find him and he's like, oh, my son was in that rocket. And uh, Belunga's not a monster. <laughs> right. I hope, please, I disagree with you on that, sir. <laughs> if you well, look he- at the tiny little, Creepy dust mite legs on the bottom of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and giant uh-huh. Sorry. Yeah. But he, <laughs> he's thinking that, and the way it seemed to me, and I, of course I could be wrong, but it was his son's mind is now in Belunga trying to get back to Earth. 
Oh, see, no, I didn't. That was not in the translation I had. That is, I believe, incorrect. He's just saying that, like, when they lit the rocket up, Belunga was attracted to it because of the energy source and then ended up on Earth and shouldn't be. So they shoot another rocket off, so it convinces Belunga that it's an artificial sun, and Belunga, you know, yeah, floats off to and, it. Yeah, yeah, and then sides, oh. you know, sods off into the into the sky, and you're like, right. okay, and, okay, yeah. good. And then he goes, Palunga is going to go all the way to the sun, and he's either going to eat the sun or the sun's going to eat Palunga. Right. That's, well, that's not nothing good. to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's basically how they leave it: is that either Palunga will eat the sun, or the sun will eat Palunga. Now, I'm thinking Palunga. Goes from small inside box to right. size of car to bigger than car to bigger than building. You give it time, it's going to be bigger than sun. Right. But what do I know? Here's the only thing we can take solace in, Patrick. It's a balloon, and it's going to take a long time to get to the sun. Right. Maybe that's what actually does us in eventually is the the, the unending appetite. Of, of Belunga. Belunga. <laughs> the endless hunger sure. of Belunga. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, God. yeah, that was a, another weirdy. But at least we got a little bit of the scientific explanation for this one. The scientists right. like, oh, yeah, Belunga is a thing we found in space. Perfect. Great. That's all yeah. we need. Good enough. Good enough. Yeah. And the, the thing that they used for Belunga... Well, not realistic. I'll give it that. But decent, you know, decent yeah. facsimile of a balloon. It was a weird, that. amorphous, inflatable, giant thing. earwig or whatever. Like, yeah, whatever. whatever that's was. the thing. What really sold me were those creepy little legs at the bottom. <laughs> oh, that's ugh. fine. That's fine. Well, anyhow, um, uh, Belunga flies off, everybody gets their power back, and in what I thought was supposed to be maybe inspiring, but turned out to be a very funny scene, is the doctors are all up on a rooftop. Uh, a lot of people hanging out on roofs on the show. Um, right. And the nurse comes in, she goes, doctors, the power is back. And they're like, let's go operate. And they <laughs> they, they all run in, running to they operate. Spring into action. <laughs> oh, we can go back to work now. Um, I don't know why <laughs> that struck me. Like quickly, Matt and Robin to the bad pool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We can go open someone's intestines. No. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, we got to go fix the guy that got hit by the fender. Exactly. Uh, but now, three operations, I don't understand what. <laughs> well, then he goes, don't go visit him, because if you say something too sweet to him, he'll kick off. Oh, good God. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, oh, she likes me. I can die now. <laughs> what the oh, hell? God. <laughs> oh, my word. I, I You'll appreciate this. I had a lady at work yesterday. She's a new girl. Um, She's late 20s. Okay. Indian girl talking to my friend, and they're speaking uh, 
Hindi or whatever. And or whatever language you don't understand. She asks him how old I am. And he goes, don't be shy. In English, he says, don't be shy. Ask him. And I love the how old am I game because I generally win the how old am I game. Because oh, yeah. they guess they guess way low. Way under. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I finally lost the how old am I game hard. Oh no. Right? Oh yeah. Oh no. So she goes, How old are you, Richie? And I'm like, How old do you think I am? <laughs> and I'm usually I'm used to you're in your early 40s or whatever or, you know like right. something like that she's like she's like i don't know you're over 60 but after that and i was like bum, bum, bum. wow she really went hard oh wow i was like hold on let me why, get my cane why would you hurt me like that <laughs> That's the downside to playing the how old do you think I am game is when they go really wrong in the wrong direction. The downside is this is the first time I've lost, and I lost real hard. Um, <laughs> and meanwhile, Muhammad's in the background laughing. Dying, of course. Just, just just tears streaming down his face at how indignantly I'm going, 60? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah. Good times. I'm like... And then this guy comes down, this one guy comes walking down. Um, and I'm like, you think I look as old as him? <laughs> we know he's like 62. Right. And she's like, yeah, thereabouts. And I'm like, I got to well, get cracking. <laughs> Something's really wrong. That's great. Or she needs glasses. That's just, maybe that's, that's a, it. That's, entire, that's there obviously. You go. Go yeah. She needs glasses. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah, there you go. I feel it's better not now. that you look old. It's that she needs glasses. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's great. Oh, anyway, let's do our Belunga Monster Minute. Well, I don't see how you're going to be able to do one because it's amorphous. It it just changes size continually. But try it. Well, he's it. fifty centimeters to one hundred thousand meters. Okay. His weight is zero. Right, because he floats. Um, he is a balloon, so he weighs nothing. Yeah. Uh, first appearance of this one. Um, right. Latest appearance, the Ultra Orb Chronicle, Chapter 3, The Man Who Stole the Black Hole. We watched Ultra Orb Chronicle. I don't we remember. Did not. We saw Ultraman Orb, and then we saw Ultraman Orb, the origin saga. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't know that there was yet another Orb There, there is a oh, third, like a web series that is like, you know, mini episodes, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Didn't see that, then. Yes, sir. Uh, Belunga uses an altered Daroga sound effect, and uh, he is one of the kaiju that makes up Beridora at the end of... Uh, one of the mega monster movies. I don't oh, know. Of course. The, yeah. The ones that have too many names and too many words in the titles. Yeah. That's fine. So, so we'll see Belunga again. Okay. Sounds don't good. Don't know where, don't know where. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, apparently fine. he's in the game. He's in one of the Ultraman games too, as green Belunga and blue Belunga. Sure. Sure. Why not? Uh, and, uh, okay. There are two Belunga toys. Oh, good God. Okay, one of them is, is the obvious just mess of... Right, just mess of colors and looks like a brain and that's fine with the right. little wibblies, yeah. The other one is way better. Let me see if okay. I can... Okay. 
Hold on. He's showing me these on his phone, so I know it doesn't yeah. work over a audio podcast. Oh, see, the bigger one is nicer. The but bigger one what, looks, yeah, it looks like a cloud kind of deal. But look what's under it, the city. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. That's very, very cool. This works okay, better fine. when we record at night. We don't have the light from the blinds. Yeah, but that's fun. life. Yeah, that's, that's the way it goes. That's the way yeah. it goes. Yeah, that's cool. That's the one I want. They, yeah, I would think the the one that looks like a brain. I don't really want that one. The one that's over a city, over a building, with a little cloud that you know is what's actually holding it there. Yeah, that's very very cool. Yeah, it's got a little piece of uh, clear plastic holding it up, but that's really right. neat. I wonder what that costs. Eh, probably a hundred bucks, depending on. <laughs> depending that's my on mom. Cost. Everything's everything's a mi- it, 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 uh, like minimally a hundred dollars. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to do an eBay search for Belunga. Well, while you're doing that, I'll give two different pot, two different uh, show recommendations. Please do. I've. Watched... I hope one of them is Wandavision. Uh no, I'm not. I'm watching it, but I'm not going to recommend it. I'll put it that way. You're crazy. By the way, that I first one is seventy dollars. The little brain looking one, or the, yeah. the city looking one. No, the brain one. Okay, that's by Marmot. Um. The, the first one I would recommend would be Queen's Gambit. I've heard that's all right. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's all right. Um, and then the one I just started watching this morning is one called Amend, about the 14th Amendment and how it has been used oh, okay. and abused and used for various ways of getting people normal human rights. So it's, okay, cool. it seems like a very, very good series. <laughs> awesome. Um, did, you, uh, did you watch Truth Seekers yet? Truth no, I don't, no, I did not. It's um, it is a, a Nick Frost and Simon Pegg show. I believe it was oh, one of I have to look for it. Yeah, I have to look for it's it. Like, okay, and Malcolm McDowell's in it. So I mean, come oh on. well, now I definitely have to look for yeah. it. Absolutely on Amazon. You said Amazon, yeah, it's on Amazon Video. Okay, I will look it up. You're welcome. Up um, <laughs> there's something else I need to recommend. Well, I've been plowing my way through the current doc the modern iteration of Doctor Who, and I'm just at the end of the fourth series at the just oh, nice. the end you're, of the 10th. on a rewatch? Um, yeah, the complete thing from soup to nuts. Cause oh, wow, well, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I stopped collecting them mid-Matt Smith because I didn't have any money. Um, yeah, that'd be it. That'd be fine. Yeah, so I have to... Uh, I have to uh, I'm going to just Catch buy up. the Matt Smith. I'm going to buy the remaining, I think, one season of Matt Smith I need, and then I'm just going to buy that big uh, Capaldi box set. I haven't seen the Capaldi box set yet. Yeah, it's like, tw- it's like $22 for everything. Yeah, that'd be the way I would I go. Only the episodes, like there's no special features, I don't think. Well, I know in the tenant box set, bit, but... Yeah. In the tenant box set that I showed you that I bought, it has everything. It has all the specials, all the other stuff. Every but is there like the behind the scenes stuff too? Like, all oh, there's those... some behind the scenes Good, stuff. Okay. His interview. They had some shows where he's Doctor Who on like Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures and stuff oh, like nice. that. Oh, so it's so very complete. It's very, very complete. Yeah, because it, Torchwood's not available on Blu-ray in America. And I'm pretty sure the box sets are out of print. Um, so they're stupid expensive. Sarah Jane, the Sarah Jane adventures is insanely expensive. Yeah, I know. Oh my God. But again, having the HBO max, those are all included. 
Oh, no, I haven't actually started. The, I'm probably going nice. to do Torchwood after Doctor Who, and then the Sarah Jane Adventures after that. It's just taking well, apparently time to plow through them. You have to with Torchwood. You have to watch it. There's an order you can do the Torchwood in, and I don't remember it. Well, I'm just going to watch it as it was shown on television because I would think that would be the right way. No, no, I, I don't, don't mean. Know. I don't mean like what episode one, two, blah, blah. I mean like watch Doctor Who to hear. Oh, and then Torchwood start Torchwood, to and then Doctor Who to hear. Yeah, like I got you. That's how you I got there's you. a way to do that with Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, right? Where they kind of overlap. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I got what you're Thank saying. You. I got what you're saying. Fair exactly. enough. Exactly. Yeah, Me, I'm not going to worry about that part. That's fine. <laughs> All right, you know, I uh, I think I'm going to have to eventually get uh, the uh, Sarah Jane sets from England because they're still in print in England. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, I could see I that. Why they don't keep them in print? Oh, remember how I recommended Warner Archive to you? Uh, recently? You did, and they said that they every so often they do a four for forty four sale. Yes. They are doing a four for forty four sale in March, and it will be their last four for forty four sale oh, then because I have they're to getting look. a new distributor. Ah, so uh, now they don't know if the new distributor distributor is going to be doing the same thing every so often. Um, but the last confirmed four for forty four is going to be in March. Okay. I will yeah. look that up then. I will so absolutely much look that up. There's like Tom and Jerry Volume One on Blu-ray, and oh, that's so good. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, and uh, Tex Avery Screwball Classics Volume One and Two on Blu-ray. Oh, there's so much good stuff. There is so much titles in January. Oh, good God! Yeah, and for four for forty-four, you can't really go wrong. That's no, fair enough. No. Oh, I went to Fye by the other uh, by the way the other day, and uh, not looking good in East Brunswick. No, I would think not. I would think that they can't get anybody in the mall is the problem. Oh, East Brunswick is a is a ghost town. Yeah, they're only open eight hours a day. No, I understand. I understand. I mean, yeah. trust me. As soon as I get my vaccine, I can start to get back to something like normal. But yeah. my wife won't let me go anywhere except right. work. Well, and she won't even town. let me like go to Costco. No, she won't let me go to Costco anymore. She has stopped me now from going to Costco. Which is how, how bad it's gotten. How do you get food? She orders it on shop oh, delivery. It. I go pick it up, you know, contactless and put it in the oh, car wow. and come back. Yeah, she's gotten really panicky about it. So, I don't know. And I, it's not an argument I'm ever going to win. So, I'm like, okay. You're, not you know, every time, my friend. It's not worth it. No, I know. I know. But now every time she, like, wants something, are you going to let me go into the store and get it? Because once you let me in a store, you're letting me in every store. So, oh no, I don't want you in a store. Never mind. Yeah, it's like it's not a bit. It's most, I'm not in there licking stuff. <laughs> I, I'm not in there licking stuff. I'm not going up and sneezing on somebody. I'm not letting them sneeze on me. It's That's right. The way it is. Oh, here she is. She I hears have, me. She's right behind me. <laughs> I have not been making out with any of the fine counter people at Shoprite. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, so that's about it. Um, and uh, I guess uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Do all the yes. things that you need to do to spread the word. We have uh, we we are we got like something like seven hundred listens in the past week in a week, which was insane when you told me that one. Yeah, like, we're getting that many in a week. 
Oh my well, God, we might be popular. I, <laughs> you like us. You really like us. Exactly. I, want, I looked at our first episode's um, stats, and in the first 30 days, would you like to guess how many episodes are, or how many listens our first episode got in its first 30 days? Because that's, that's the important podcast stat, is how many listens you're getting in the first 30 days. Now, this is our first overall episode in its the first very first days? episode of the Science Patrol. Here I'm we come from the sky. I believe it's called. 20? Just seven. seven. Oh, seven. we got even less than that. We got okay. seven listens in 30 days. <laughs> now, we have a lot now. We have like, uh, I think it's, um, we might have 700 listens. Well, you said 700 in a week, which no, is. I don't know, but I mean, like, yeah, oh yes, but I mean in the in the total grand scheme of complete listens to that episode. Oh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Like total, um, it was uh, four hundred eighty-seven. Oh wow! Okay, cool. But the uh, again seven in the first thirty the days. First 30 days. <laughs> and we plowed through anyway. <laughs> My, how far we've come! And I Fair just wonder, enough. like. What did episode two get? Now sixteen. So we almost we doubled it. We doubled so that it. Was nice. There we go. That was nice. <laughs> Feel a little bit better about that. But I think it's funny that I was looking at because I was answering some questions on Reddit on the podcast forum. Somebody's like, "Oh, I don't know if it's worth it." I'm like, "Dude, first thirty days, first episode of my podcast, seven people. Okay, <laughs> you're already doing better than I was. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Exactly. It's fine. Keep going." Plug. <laughs> Plug, plug away. Plug away. Keep at it. It, it oh. Sometimes it's a lug, but it is fun to do. That I give it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as you're having fun with it, it doesn't matter if it's a long time. Exactly. Right? Right. Exactly. So anyway, uh, again, rate, review, and subscribe. You can contact us with all the contact information that Gretchen's going to so dutifully read at the end of this podcast. And um, Pat, do you want to give the suicide prevention hotline out again? I will. It is 1-800-273-8255. They are there 24 hours a day, seven listening. days a week. Always, always listening. Yeah. There was somebody there to help and, and lend an ear uh, if you do find that you need it. And in these unprecedented times, I hate to use that phrase, but, but these it's are true. unprecedented times. Yeah. Um, not in the yeah. last hundred years have we dealt with anything like this. Nope. Um, you and just we're over half a million people in the past year, which is insane. Yep. 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 It's uh but you know, light lights at the end of the tunnel, you guys. People are getting vaccinated. Exactly. And, uh, we maybe get to something resembling uh, normal soon. Yeah. So but that's it. So uh we will see you again next week for more uh more Ultra Q. Uh, the episode, by the way, called I Saw a Bird! <laughs> okay, fine. I didn't by move. a four-year-old, apparently. <laughs> I saw a bird! <laughs> All right. That's great. All right, cool, Timmy. <laughs> I saw a bird! <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anyway, on behalf of the Science Patrol, I'm Rich Conroy. I'm Pat Rooney. Sally Forth, you guys. Take care, everybody. Bring back Bob. Music for this podcast is provided by Terminal Sunburn. Visit terminalsunburn.bandcap.com. Post-production by Casey Kittle for Faces for Radio Productions. Visit us on the web at ultramanpodcast.com or find us on Facebook. Our email address is ultramanpodcast at gmail.com. The Science Patrol can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. 
Please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, for the Science Patrol, I'm Gretchen Brooks from the Kaiju Cast.